this series has been about uh, creating a mindset of servanthood, right? It's about serving. And it's why we started off this year, because it's so much of who we are. And it's really kind of something that has been in and out of our country. You know, we have times where we've kind of accelerated or excelled, if you will, at this servanthood mentality in times where it drifts and it leaves us. In 1941, we as a country, America, joined World War II, right after Pearl Harbor, that terrible day where Pearl Harbor, it was bombed. And we contributed in various ways over the next four years to battle Japan and Germany and other enemies. Not only did soldiers give their lives, this wasn't kind of like, this has gone over here and we're just going on with our lives day in and day out, you know, and whenever we have the time, we catch bits and pieces on, you know, on the news or on our phones. No. World War II, we were kind of, we bought, we got in the game as a country, right? Soldiers were giving their lives and people here were doing things even at the very least like rationing, you know? You know I, I mean, I, I, don't, I wasn't born then, but, you know, they'd, they'd limit the amount of gasoline they would take in, sugar, meat. Uh, you know, um, candy, everything would be rationed to make sure there was a surplus to provide to the soldiers, those who were going out to battle to risk their lives. So whether in a giving their life way or in a smaller way, which was still necessary, as a team, as a country, everyone served, everyone participated, right? So during this time in America, there was this contributor mentality, contributing, participating mentality. Well, the war ended in 1945, thank God. And over the next 15 years, the culture of service that had been created when the war began started to fade. And realizing that America could only be great if it maintained that mindset, that culture of service, that spirit that says, how can I help? What can I contribute President John F. Kennedy, in his 1961 inaugural address, challenged Americans to ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country, huh? And that was all about that. that, Well, for us to be great as a country, we need to have a mindset of service. We need to have a culture of service. And And so John F. Kennedy was doing that to fan the flames, to get that, cultivate that spirit of service in this country to keep it alive and well. You see, this is telling us that as a culture, we need to fan the flames of servanthood. And we need to do that here in the church from time to time. That's the purpose of this series. That's why we're kicking off 2017 this way. Like more than ever before, Chair City Community Church is going to be a church of of a servanthood culture, yes? Right? More than two weeks ago, I talked to you about developing this mindset of being a servant in your homes to one another. Last week, we talked about this mindset of servanthood serving in our our community, in our world. And today, I want to wrap up this series by talking to you about developing this culture of service, having a personal mindset of serving here in the church, in this community, God's community called Chair City Community Church, yeah? And, and I know you get this. It's really kind of our distinctive identity out there in this greater Gardner region. People know that we are a church that serve. I mean, just to pull this off every Sunday, we have 35, 40 volunteers. So our, our percentage is very high. We do things in a community. We need 40, 50 people to pull them off. 
You think we're a church of like 700, 800 people. But we, we have this. So I, I know you, you've gotten this, but I want you to get it greater than ever. Some of you, I want you to increase in the degree. And some of you, I just want you to get in the game. I want you to get in this game. Not because I need you. I got Christy. I got Jesus. Right? I got Anthony. He's a new friend here, right? And soon I'll have a new football team if my Steelers play like that again. No. But, but I'm so grateful and encouraged and want you to do that. Meaning, this is truly between you and your Lord. I'm with all my heart. I got 22, 23 years in this journey, this thing called Christianity. I'm telling you, this is between you and your God. This is about seeing God govern your life, God doing things that you couldn't have imagined, you can't measure, you never would have perceived, because it's so outside your perceived reality. That's what this is, getting on a new track. So, I mean, I, I use... I mean, here I am. I, it's a privilege as a pastor to stand here and talk about serving and volunteering and not coming out of from a place of guilt or I'm we're stuck in the mud or my head's down. I mean, yesterday we had over 40 people come out and serve in helping out with the building. Huh? It, it, you know, every day, really. No hype. I'm not about that. It was just a great day. First of all, I, I'm going to tell you that when... About right at around, it happens between 10 and 11 o'clock each time, that there's a fervor that starts to build up. Bill was mentioning it to me, and, and he's like, you know, do, do you feel this? I said, I do. I really do. That, you know, you can feel the enthusiasm. People working together. Some know each other. Some don't know each other. We had nine or ten people come from uh, Springfield, Mass., New Day Church again to come alongside and help us. That was incredible, right? <laughs> And, and, and some of them had not been here till when we, we first got in here in July. And they were like, whoa, they couldn't believe it. They were blown away. They're like, we can't believe you did this. They're like, wow, in, in all our imagination, we never thought it would look like this. And they were so encouraged, as you should be encouraged. But you could feel in the hallways that excitement, that camaraderie. You know, what a beautiful thing to be a part of. And every now and then you'd see pockets of people opening up and talking about life to one another and what's going on. And that often happens. Do you know why? Because God made you that way. Uh, he did, man. You know, no other creation in all of mankind and all of the world can communicate that, that can feel, can sympathize, empathize, connect sir, like you can. That's why he made you to do this, huh? He didn't make you to be isolated. I think, I, I don't know if I've said it from up here or in smaller groups, but now like the CDC, Center of Disease Control, is really on the verge of putting isolation as a disease because it's causing so much havoc and problems in people's lives. And the way to combat isolation is through serving, through giving to others, serving, caring, and this place, this community is an incredible way as a believer, as a Christ follower, to do that. To come out and get outside of what you've kind of put together, outside of your serve, Self and say, man, I'm going to trust in God, draw closer to God, and I'm going to come alongside my brother and my sister. I'm going to show little Anthony what it's like to live this thing out so it's not hollow, it's not shameful, it's not hypocrisy, it's not boring. Man, it's full of life, yeah? That's what we want young people to say. That we want them to see people changing their lives, delivered from alcoholism, pressing on in life, seeing people serving and helping and caring and doing things in the community. That's what we want our young people to see, Yes? All right, so if I want to tell you that, so we're going to look into a passage of scripture today in 1 Peter chapter 2, and, and we're going to kind of park our car there for just probably about 10 minutes because I want, to, 
I want you to understand that this isn't just like a rah-rah cheerleading thing. This isn't just a good thing, what I'm trying to tell you. I want you to understand that you are not only made to serve, but God's called you to serve, that even a substantial part of this whole thing we call the Bible points you to serve. Who you are, who God's identified you to be, how he's called you and chosen you. Now, if you're not a Christian, and we, we have that, we have a lot of people that come in here that don't believe in God or might not be a Christian or they're at different points. Hang in there because this is a good in that you'll get to see what it should look like to follow Jesus, right? What it should look like, what vibrant, effective, enthusiastic, life-changing Christianity, what it should look like, huh? So let's dive in. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And we got the Apostle Peter, you might know him as St. Peter. He's writing here, inspired by God. And he says this, you, he's talking to them, and he's talking to us, you and I. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. So Peter's telling us that if we're following Jesus, we believe in Jesus, that we are one of God's priests, and that collectively we make up the priesthood. Whoa, huh? Now, I might rally your doctrine there. You can talk to me afterwards. But that's what the Bible says, that you are a chosen people, a special possession of God, and that you are a royal priesthood. Now, the key to understanding that, and that's why we're going to take some time here, to understanding what this verse means and to understand it is what this priest is to, you got to, you want to kind of get a quick glimpse because you could talk about it for days, but let's do a quick survey of what, the priesthood did in the Old Testament, how they function. Then we can grasp what Peter is saying here. All right, so it's, we're going to try and move through it quickly. Hang in there with me, all right? When God brought the nation of Israel out of Egypt, you get this, the, you know, the Ten Commandments, Moses, I know, you know, if you watch the movie, I just want to get everybody in here. When God brought his people, the Jewish people, the Hebrews, out of Israel, he established a place of worship called the tabernacle. It's one of the first things he did to it. He said, I want you to put together a tabernacle, a place where you can come now and worship me. And then he told him, I want you to put together a priesthood to do the work in the tabernacle. So God planned for the tabernacle to have a major place in this plan of salvation. So that he, and he then appointed a priesthood to do the work of the tabernacle. Now, the work of the tabernacle was pointing people to Jesus, and we saw this in Leviticus. In Leviticus chapter 23, God commands the priests to host these seven annual feasts at the tabernacle, like parties glorifying God, right? And each feast was a picture of what? Every feast, and we did this two years ago, we did a series, every feast was a picture of what God's Messiah would look like. That meaning that the man God was calling the person God was calling to one day deliver his people and save them from their sins, who we know to be Jesus, right? Every feast was just a picture of who it would be. It would be Jesus. It was a picture of Jesus. Now, I won't go through all the feasts, but you have the Feast of Passover, which takes place right around Easter. You have the, uh, it, you have the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and that foreshadowed Christ's burial. You have the Feast of First, first Fruits, which was a foreshadow of Christ's resurrection. The feast of Passover was a foreshadow of Christ's uh, death and, and his burial. I'm sorry, his death. Now, each feast was a picture of the work of God's promised Messiah. And the reason why God did this is that when he would come, they would recognize it. They would say, oh, we've seen a picture of who you are and what you're going to do. And all our feasts 
here you are. And to a few that happened, to most it didn't. But now, so we see the tabernacle and the feast was nothing more. The tabernacle, the feast, the priest, all this was nothing more and nothing less than for the purpose of pointing people to Jesus. Now, now I know we did, we did, a, we did eight weeks on that, and I just gave it to you in like about three minutes. Now, the portion of the feast that took, that took a lot of work, that took part of the tabernacle, it needed a, it, 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 a lot of preparation needed to be done. Some of the feasts took place outside the tabernacle, but really the substantial part of it, the solemn parts of it, took place in the tabernacle, and a lot, I mean a lot of grueling, ugly, you should be glad I don't have you doing this stuff, man. <laughs> you know? A lot of preparation, a lot of preparatory work took place, and it was the priest. And each priest had a job, meaning each priest was appointed a type of service in the tabernacle. Regardless of what, they were helping, they were doing something. And ultimately, they worked together for what? To point people to Jesus. That's what they were doing. I mean, they were just, to them, they were working together to see the, to facilitate the feast, to honor God, to obey God. But in doing that, in obeying God and trusting in God, they were doing something that was even more magnificent than they could have imagined. And I want you to keep that in mind. They were doing something that was more magnificent, more comprehensive, more powerful, more miraculous than they could ever, ever imagine. They were, they were beginning to point this world to Jesus Christ. Huh? Where they were cleaning up the blood, where they were shoveling up the grain, where they were doing the scales, where they were getting... They, all this were pointing people to Jesus Christ. You and I. That's why you and I are here today, because those priests served. Now, let's just look at a quick few jobs. Huh? Some priests were a part of the set-up and tear-down team. I know, you're going to laugh, right? Look. After they left Egypt, the Jewish people, God told them to set up a tabernacle, but they wandered in the desert for 40 years, and they had to take that tabernacle and break it down and set it up each time, right? Reasonable, huh? Some priests were part of what we call the worship team. Yes, yeah, huh? They looked probably a little more like Harry than Bill, but okay, you get it. <laughs> Just be honest. Maybe without the, oh no, maybe they did have the band, I don't know, okay. So listen, <laughs> Worship, worship music was a central part to the feast. Always oh, huge. They would play, they would sing their instruments loud, joyful. It was a celebratory environment, right? Next, some of the priests were part of what we, what we call the first impression team. Uh-huh. You know? See, once the nation of Israel entered into that promised land, and then they kind of, they built a temple versus this mobile tabernacle, right? You know, unlike the tabernacle, the temple had a lot of entrances and the priest had to be there at different entrances to welcome, to greet, to prepare people to come in and enter into worship. Some of the priests were ushers, helping to collect, offering some security. Some of the priests served kids. I know you say, no, man, he's really stretching it. No, it's the truth. And it looked different than what we do today. But listen, the priests were, the priests, remember, royal priesthood, you, you and I, the priests back then were open and available to the children, talking to them, engaging them as they came into the temple, serving them. We see in Luke, in the, in the book of Luke, chapter 2, where Jesus, where Mary and Joseph lose track of Jesus, right? They were going to the temple. They were going to celebrate a feast. And when they found him talking with the priests at the temple, we read in Luke chapter 2, verse 47, it says, everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. 
Notice no one was amazed that the priests were talking to him, were serving him. They were just amazed at his understanding and what they were saying. Meaning the priests were engaged in serving the kids. Yes? All right, because now we understand the concept of the Old Testament priesthood. Thank you. Okay. So we, and let's, we're going to revisit 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, where it says, You, you and me, are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Just right there, God's special possession. So from this verse, it says, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are to be a part of his priesthood. Now I'm going to throw a table up on the screen, right? And it's going to say, in the Old Testament, God established the tabernacle and the priesthood to do the work of the tabernacle. In the New Testament, here today, you and I, Jesus established a church and a priesthood to do the work of the church. We are the priesthood. In the Old Testament, the work of the tabernacle was to point people to the work Jesus would one day do on the cross. Jesus, and then here it says, in the New Testament, the work of the church is to point people to the work Jesus has already done, praise God, on the cross. In the Old Testament, each priest had his a job, and in the New Testament, each priest has a job. Each priest has a role. What is your role? What role are you playing? So when Apostle Peter says, you're the priesthood, he's saying God has chosen you to do the work of the church just like he chose the Levites, particular tribe of Jews, to do the work of the tabernacle, to be priests back then. God has a job, a role. I like the word role to do in this church because you truly are one of God's priests. God wants you to do your role, he wants me to play my role. And together, together we will point people to Jesus Christ. Together we will point Anthony to Jesus Christ, yes? Together we will point that 50 or 60-year-old person that walks in here struggling to Jesus Christ, yes? That's how it's going to happen. So, I want to walk you through a few things that goes on here at Cheer City. Hang in here with me. Meaning how we kind of systematically and strategically try and point people to Jesus. Now, I want to tell you, it's not, just like I say when you come to Jesus, it's not like, oh, wonderful and happy and everything's wonderful. It's not, man. It's a battle. It's a challenge. Get ready. You know, get, you know, God comes on you. The Spirit moves you to run to the battle, yes? And it's hard to, it's hard to, when you come to Christ and you sense he, God is drawing you closer to him, to press on. But as I say, it's harder not to, right? Well, when you go out to serve people, you got different people, different races, different incomes, different days in their life. It, it's not always old cheerio, you know. I assure you, my day goes hour to hour like that, right? And I've always got to remind myself that, hey, God has called me. God has chosen me. And what I'm doing, before anybody says or does anything in reaction, in response to my servanthood, I'm, I'm obeying God. I am trusting in God, and he's in control, and he's using all of this for his glory in my life, Yeah? Meaning you might, you might do something good and it might not work out the way you thought it was. Don't be discouraged. My mother and father-in-law are in here today. Uh, Diane's uh, childhood friend, they know each other since they're 16. Uh, this woman actually introduced Diane to Lloyd. And Diane still counts her as a friend. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, he's not here, so I could do that. So, I'm going to tell him, Pastor. Thank you. <laughs> uh, 
So uh, they went down to Connecticut. They actually, uh, you don't see Lloyd cry much, but we were, there, we were there at the building working yesterday, and all of a sudden I walk in and I see he's kind of shook up, and, and he got the call that they think she's going to pass on yesterday or sometime today. So Diane and Lloyd rushed down to Connecticut. And so they get down to Connecticut, and uh, this doesn't have a sad ending, so we just want to transition into a better moment. Uh, they get down to Connecticut, and they're going to the uh, kind of, uh, I guess it's like a, con- is a convalescent home, a nursing home. And so Lloyd's standing there in a lobby, uh, kind of not the lobby, maybe a rec room or something, and there's, you know, patients that are there, and some are in wheelchairs. And Lloyd overhears a man asking a nurse, can you move me over to the other side, to the other side? By the, can you move me over to the other side? And she's like, no, I can't. And he asks her again, and she says, no. So the nurse leaves, and Lloyd's standing there, and the man says to Lloyd, can you move me over to the other side? And Lloyd's like, I don't think I should do that. Uh, no. So he goes in and he sees Barbara, the woman that came to see, and he comes out, and the guy says again, come on, just be a pal. Can you move me over to the other side? I'm in a wheelchair. So Lloyd's like, all right. So Lloyd's like, you know, we're talking about serving, we're preaching about serving. It's a big thing in my home, you know. We want to serve one another. We got this. We got that. This is powerful. Me and Christian in our marriage, the kids and I in our home, them to us. We want to serve each other. It's, it's, we want, this is the year, 2017, the year we serve one another. So Lloyd's got that. So inspired by my speaking, of course, <laughs> Lloyd walks over and he takes the man in a wheelchair and he just pushes him right over to the other side and he puts him over to the wall where he wants to. Guy says, could you go a little further? So Lloyd says, sure. Lloyd backs away. And he says, the guy reaches out. I thought maybe he'd shake my hand. And he grabs the fire alarm and he yanks the fire alarm down. <laughs> How good is that, man? <laughs> I have this like kindred spirit with this guy wherever he is. I have such a connection with him. Because my father was not like me, if you're a guest. He's a really like humble, quiet guy. Could you imagine Lloyd standing up with this stupid look on his face? <laughs> Whoa! They have to evacuate the place. Cops got to come in and shut it down. The nurse walks over to that. We're getting this blow by. The nurse walks over to Lloyd and says, that's why we don't move him over to the other side. Now he's getting scolded, embarrassed. It's awesome. Oh, if I could have been there. Oh, my Lord. If I could have been there. God, why didn't you give me that? So. (laughs) All right. So it doesn't work out the way you always think it is, huh? All right. But now we're going to talk about, you know, you know, uh, now what we're going to do today is and we're going, to tr- we're going to go through this. We're going to keep track of time. Oh, wow. We've got time already. So we've got to fly now. I have too much fun up here, man. So you got cards. Everybody was given a card when you work at This is, I've never given this card out. We've given it out several times over the years. It's never been done in a more meaningful, more sincere way. And there's never been a greater opportunity than right now. And as I say, if not you, then who? If not, if not now, then when? So I want you to look at this card. If you only have one and you're a couple, you can fill it out together and circle two things. But I don't want you to leave here today and not give this card consideration and to fill it out. We're going to give you that opportunity. So listen, here's when you look at the card, you're going to see this is what we do here at Share City Community Church. And with the exception of the group facilitator team, the first three are how we make Sunday morning happen intentionally and effectively, right? So you see the creative arts team? Well, some of you, 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 you might be a gifted singer, you might be a musician, huh? and it's, it's what we call worship here, here at the church. You, you could be a part of the worship team. It's a simple process you've got to go through. But again, check that off. You know, I, I want to begin to explore being on the creative arts team. But also, there's a lot more 
than just the people singing and playing instruments. You got people on the soundboard, people doing the screen, lighting. When we go into the new building, all of this will expand significantly. So, you know, we, I want to be a part of this creativity, part of this production. I'm not embarrassed to say it's a production that goes on here. I want to be a part of that. I believe I have the gifts, talents, or I'd like to learn. I've got something going there. You want to check that box off. You want to fill out the card, and you want to take it to the next steps table in the lobby. I want you to walk this over and just tell them I'm ready to join a team and drop that card and give it to the woman behind the counter. You know, and I'll be looking forward to seeing you out there. Now, you talk, we also have something called family ministries team. You know, and that's what we hear now. We're on Sunday morning. We've got nursery. We have preschool. We have the kids' church. Huh? And these are critical ministries to, to hear. I mean, it's so important. And if you in any way feel that you have that gift or that ability, that knowledge or that know-how, meaning you probably do, right? More than you realize, you want to turn around and say, okay, this is the beginning of me getting in the game. This is the beginning. We, you know, even uh, teens are, are teens that go from 13 to 18. You know what? I've got a heart to work with teens. I've got a heart. God's put on my heart. I think I can make a difference. I think I'd like to be around that group right there. We're beginning now. That's what Tennessee is all about. That's what this whole group, the life group is about, living in freedom with the teens. We're now really going to be pushing and investing in so many ways to building this team ministry. It's a great thing to be a part of. But stop and pause and think. When I say preschool, what do you think? Kids throwing Cheerios at you, throwing juice at you. What's going on? These are opportunities to get to know people. Little kids, I thank God, the church I went to, that I came to know Christ in, the people were so involved in the kids' lives, they were. So much that 10 years later, when I just had my come to Jesus moment and I came back there, I knew them. Because they, you know, I, I, I knew the adults. I was able to talk to them and, and connect to them and have coffee with them. It was a big deal. I've talked with you about that before. So now we're talking about the first impressions team. We love to make people feel welcome when they come in here. Like, wow, people walk in and say, oh, they were expecting us. Oh, they're glad we're here, right? You know, the way people look, the way things smell, the food, the coffee, we, you know, it's a big deal. It's the first impression. So that by the time they get in here, I'm already on the plus. So I have some room to screw up <laughs> when you do that well out there, right? That's what it comes down to. Listen. If you want to turn around and greet people and welcome them and, and just give a smile and a chat quickly, or if you want to turn around and if you're into security, we're going to have to have security over there. Ushers, you know, helping people with the seating. We're going to have 280 seats, much larger. The space is going to be significantly bigger than we have now. If you like baking and making things, you know, all the food that's out there, that's people baking each week and bringing it. If you like hospitality, get on this team. And I'll tell you, they are a ministry within themselves. People have been healed through this ministry. People have gotten married through this ministry. Friends have been built through this ministry. You are, if you, you are missing out on something extraordinary in your life. True, I mean, it's the opposite of isolation, right? It's community in that ministry. Check off that. And again, bigger and larger and more in the new church, right? We've got three times the space now. A cafe, kind of a lounge for people to hang out. And now we want, we want people out there greeting the parking lot. We're going to be all over the place. Now, last, now again, if you want to join the kids team, if you want to join the family ministries team, if you want to join the first impression team, 
you want to fill this card out. This is your getting in the game. You don't want to stay out of the game. You are a chosen person. You are a royal priest. God has designated you as such. The scripture says you are, right? You are a special possession of his, right? Not to be left on a shelf. Not to kind of shun a challenge. huh? Not to make up these perceptions that don't exist of how hard it could be. Not to be distracted by less significant things in life than your true calling. No, don't do that. So, take the card, fill it out. Husbands and wives, if you got to just check two boxes, put your names on, we'll figure it out. We'll only get it wrong once, right? We'll get to you. Take the card to the next steps table. This is the table that's right in front of the candy counter in the cinema. Don't pass this by today. Great things are happening. huh? This is an opportunity for you to be part of God's call in your life and history as we now move into the building. It's a building. It's, it's bricks. It's a building. I care about how it looks. I care about how we spend money to get it done. I care about getting it done. I care about how it functions. I've got hundreds of hours in there. You do too. But what's going to make it happen, I assure you, is God's chosen people, God's royal priesthood. Yes? yes. It's you. That's what's going to make it happen. When they come in there, they're going to see nice and be like, you know, whoa, wow. Yeah, this, is, this, is, this isn't like a church. This is different and it it's, it's, it's looks great and the designs and the colors. And, and, but they're going to look for life. They're going to look for servanthood. Yes? They're going to look for people who are serving them, who are caring, who are connecting, who are going that second mile. All right, we've got to watch the time. So last is this. Now this is outside of Sunday now, at least Sunday morning. This is what we call our group facilitator team. Now, some of you are passionate about kind of discipling others through speaking into their lives. Others, you have this desire to serve people or help them with drug addiction. Some want to minister to people who struggle with divorce or strengthen marriages. Some of you are about helping people with their finances. This is what this is about. These are opportunities to see you elevated in God's call in your life, meaning to be kind of ministers. It's where we have this free market home like life group system here. That God's put something on your heart in these areas or you've managed to persevere through some difficulties in these areas. That's a great prerequisite for serving God, huh? And now you're going to go out and do this. You might like hiking, boating, uh, jogging. All this happens in our groups. So if you want to, one, facilitate a teaching on this, without, you don't come up with your own. You come alongside us. You tell us what you want to do. We work with you. We, get, we, we invest in you and get the videos or the teachings or the resources to support that. And we just set you and we let you go. Now, these happen in people's homes. Not here in church. They happen in people's homes during the week. And if you want to host a group, like, you know what? I, I really dig having people over. I've got this desire, this heart of hospitality. It would be a blessing and a joy for me to have people over my home and to see this group. Then that's our host. You want to check that box off. So if you want to what we call facilitate, meaning working with us and the resources we provide to see you facilitate, kind of guide a group, something that you might have a heart for, or if you want to host people in your home once a week, and we do this for about, is it 10 weeks? Usually around 10 weeks at a time, and we stop. So for 10 weeks, you want to say, you know what, I want to have this group come into my home, and I want to, I want to just really open up my home to these people. You want to check that box off. Check that box off and bring it to where? Where are you bringing it to? Table. Man, I, okay, we're going to do this. Where are we bringing it to? The next step. Where are we bringing this to? 
You got, where are we bringing this to? Where are we bringing it to? Where are we bringing this to? Okay, good. I'm glad we got that. That's what Bill Belichick does, and that's why his Patriots win. I tell you right now. I respect him as a coach. Right? So, today I want you to get in the game. We're going to close out. Worship team, why don't you come on up? No? Thank you, Christy. All right, listen. We're going to try and... All right, we're not going to have the worship team up. We're going to close it out in a different way. Thanks. Thank you, my wife. Look, don't let excuses get in the way of this. Huh? Look, you got to hear my heart. I really believe that this is God. I know it's God's will for you because what the Bible says. I believe with all my heart it's going to open up doors for you to see God in a different way, to get outside of your, you know, our difficulties and the challenges in life, they seem so new to us, but from people looking on the outside, it's the same thing. Don't you do that? You see somebody struggling like, man, it's, it's just the same stuff, different day, right? That's because we're used to doing it our way. This helps you break out of it. This helps you realize that God has a purpose. I see it all the time, and I tell Christy, I'll see an opportunity for somebody to serve, and I'll be like, man, if they would jump into that circle, they would meet so-and-so, and so-and-so has gone through what they've gone through, and so-and-so has the resources to bless them, but they don't, and some do. And when they do, guess what happens? It's dynamite. It is. It's a catalyst. Where God made so-and-so to do that. God provided for so-and-so to bless that person. But that, and that person said, you know what? I'm just coming in now because I'm, I'm I want to serve. I'm going to get outside myself. I'm going to be unselfish. I'm going to trust in God. And boom, just like that. Boom, relationship. Boom, provision. Boom, life changing. We see it all the time. huh? Next you know I'm doing a wedding. Next you know I'm hearing a great testimony. This is what happens. And you, and, you might put it, and you might put it aside, why? In the Bible it said Abraham said no because he was too old. Timothy said no because he was too young. Esther said no because she was a gal, a girl, a woman. Huh? Moses said no because he had the wrong gifts. He couldn't speak well. You think I'm bad with my accent? Moses was worse. Gideon tried to say no because he was from the wrong tribe, the worst, the least of all. Jonah said no because he was in the wrong city. He didn't want to go there, right? Paul said no because he had the wrong past, the bad background going on. And so not much has changed. As Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. We come up with these excuses, and we just toss them out there quickly. And we think we're tossing out this kind of an excuse. And what is it in comparison that God has said, I've called you to be a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a special possession. And when you do this, you're trusting in me, and it will open up my blessings, my provisions, my purpose in your life. Huh? So what do we do? We have these things. We say, you know, I'm too busy. You know, I, I just, I don't have the time right now. And I would say to you, man, something's out of whack. If you're too busy to give a couple of hours a week, or, I mean, I'm sorry, a month. Some of these kids' ministries, once a month, we actually try and protect people. If you want to go every week, we pretty much will pull you back. Or we got to sit down and have a heart-to-heart, serious conversation if we don't want people missing every week in here. Huh? I'm just too good, right? All right. No, it is, it's something dynamic about you all coming together in here. So we really try and protect people and help people as best we can. So sometimes, sometimes it's every two months. Once every two months. If you don't have a couple of hours, and we're not about people making people feel guilty. I'm just bringing clarity here for your life. You know? I say, if I really want to know where somebody's coming from, give me their calendar and give me their checkbook and I'm going to have an idea, huh? If you don't have a couple of hours once a month or every couple of months to go and sit there and be that royal priest, something's out of whack here, right? Your priorities, your schedule, maybe people are 
taking advantage of you. And pro- who knows what's going on, but maybe your job is too demanding. And you got to say, I got to stop this. Something is out of whack. Huh? Now, I'm not worthy. The truth is none of us are. None of us are. First time I stepped out to serve, I was teaching a, a, a Bible study for kids. I forgot what age they were. And I got everything wrong. Well, not everything. I got most of it wrong. I think I had like Jonah building the ark. I've told you this before. Some little kid had to correct me. Because I came along quick and you can, you know, critique that. You'd probably be right at some point. But I was ambitious, you know. But listen, listen, it, it is not your ability as much as it's your attitude, huh? And your attitude is one of a servant who knows God has called him to do what? To serve. So trust in God today. You are worthy because he has called you and chosen you as a special possession. Don't look at your limitations. Look at what God could do. Last, it's, it's not the right season. Oh, come on. It's never the right season, right? There's always something that, you know, the, the timing. I watched Ron Bond yesterday, and I don't toss people's name out there, but Ron, he's, he's got a physical... He's debilitated physically. He really he can only he can only I believe get up this much, and he walks with a walker. That guy came in and he just he made his way around. I watched him, and he was just looking for something to do. And you know he came across this two room that I had where I put twos, and it's just a mess. And you know he went in there, and I think he worked with Jason. And man, I should have took a picture. He cleaned up that room. It was such a blessing and such an encouragement. Things that I forgot we had and where I, where I know we needed, and it looked great, huh? How beautiful is that, right? I'm sick. I'm tired. I'm this. I'm not. Get out of it, man. Get out of it, huh? And last Sunday, this, this one, just, I, I'm just going to poke you here. This is my, Sunday's my day for relaxation and, and just getting away. I've been with kids all day during the week. I've been with kids all week, and I got my job, and I'm tired. I just want to come relax and hear the message. Well, listen, here's the message. Get in the game, man. You know, the message is God has called you. You're a royal priest, huh? You, you're a special possession. Put that way aside because it's not what you think it is. You put yourself aside to go and sit there once a month, once every other month with a child to see him hear the gospel, to know the gospel, to what? To show Anthony this means I got some skin in the game, Anthony. I'm an adult in your community. And I know God, I, I that day, I was there when I came together and we committed to come alongside your family. Come on. Right? And show you and guide you the way to Christ. And I got some skin in the game. I'm going to take a little bit of time here and there to come in and to teach you the gospel of Jesus Christ. Huh? And who knows how else God will use me. And guess what happens? It's amazing when you sit down and you connect to other people. See, it's just connections. It's, it's electric. You're getting outside yourself now. You're... you're Parents are picking up their kids. You're getting to know them. You're interacting with them. You're talking. You're, you're saying something to a child, and his response floors you and baffles you and motivates you and inspires you, right? And all of a sudden, your whole week changed in one minute, meaning nothing changed, but everything changed. Because of the response to that child, because you were there serving him, huh? So, look, tap into it. You know, they t- you got maple, when they do maple syrup, they tap into uh, hundreds or thousands. The more trees they tap into, the better. Well, I tell you, tap into this great resource into your life. Because you know what? You deserve rest and you deserve relaxation. That's what and you're going to find a lot more rest and a lot more relaxation. And most of all, some spiritual refreshment, huh? Renewal when you do this. When you step out and live how God made you to be, a royal priesthood. All right. So we're going to close up different this time, all right? We're gonna, uh, I'm going to 
show you a video, and after the video's over, you'll hear the uh, good old closing song, and you'll be and we'll be concluded. Now, Gwen, I want you to take that card. I'm going to go out to the next steps table around here. If anybody has a question, you're welcome to come over and greet me, hug me, say hi. That's fine. I'd love to connect to you guys. But if you have a question, but I want you to take that card and in faith, in trusting in God, saying, Lord, I am doing this more than anything else right now because I want to trust you more and I want to know you more and I want to obey you. So I want to, I want to fill this out. I want you to bring it to the next steps table. huh? Now, I want you to tell you there's a time to pray and there's a time to act. And we've been praying. And a group of you have been so diligent in coming together in the mornings and praying. And I thank God for that. And now that prayer enables us to run to the battle, to act, to get outside ourselves, to not be bitter or, or uh, you know, feeling limited in who we are, to not blow things up, that they're not as difficult as, as we perceive them to be, but to get in there. You know, when the Israelites were going through that with Moses, and the Jews, when God took them out of Egypt, and they had all that difficulty afterwards. And in Exodus chapter 14, verse 15, Moses is praying to God, and he's, he's, he's kind of praying. And you know what God says to him? Why are you crying out to me? Why are you crying out to me? Just tell the people to get moving. I mean, to get moving, man. Right? Get in the game. Today is your time to act. We are truly on the brink of history in this community. We are about to do something that hasn't happened in 30 years, when all is said and done, we'll be right up there with some of the great examples of faith that have come before us and enabled us to be here. Let's carry that short torch. Now, the first thing you want to do with all my heart, that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you want to take action this morning. When you came in today, you were handed a connection card. It's got a box on the bottom left-hand side. There's a little box that says, I am trusting in Jesus with, as my Savior. If that's you today, if you're like, you know, today's the day where I it's crazy, huh? This, but if this guy says that, I'm going to believe him, right? You know, if you... Well, I shouldn't attach that to it. That's going to be a bad route for the Patriots, but that, that's, we don't want to go there. Here, this is the day where you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, where you, where you turn from the way you've been living. We call it repenting, repenting of your sins, and say, you know, I don't want to live this way anymore. I want to trust in God. I want to know what it's like to be this special possession, to be this chosen person, to live out my life caring and helping others, not mired in my mess here. Today's the day where I move forward and I get out of myself and I live for something greater than me and I rise above the circumstances. Today's the day I trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Check that box off. Bring it out to the next steps table. Fill out that card, that connection card, orange, yellow. Check that box off and bring it out to the next steps table. Now also, I want to mention to give value to our building when you came in. You were handed a bunch of cards today, right? Like six cards. You've got that pledge card. We are working on a building, yes? We are working on a building. We saw it. Yesterday we saw color. We saw life. We are close. We will not let up. You can pray. I want you to pray. Keep praying. Keep praying. Pray for provision. Pray for courage. Pray for strength. Pray for unity. Pray for unity. Pray for unity. Keep helping. Our next workday is going to be February 11th, two weeks from yesterday. We are going to take this. I mean, I'm telling you, yesterday was awesome. We want to get in there sooner or later. I'm believing next week I'll come before you and I will tell you the dates that we are going to really gun for to get in this building and how we're going to line it up to have a grand opening, Easter, and how that's going to work out. But as always, it really depends on your trust in God and your obedience to get there. I'm going to tell you, I know we're going long today, but I'm going to give you my heart. 
And, and this, I, I, nobody's allowed to get up here and be negative. I want you to know that. You can critique that. I don't. We are all about loving God, right? What are we about? Glorifying God and enjoying him. That's who we are, huh? I want to tell you, I'm walking with a guy that came from Springfield. And his name's Phil. And I just said, you know, I just want to thank you. I mean, you, it's a Saturday. You drove an hour and a half here, an hour and a half back. And, and you came here for seven hours, you know, to, to be with us. And he looked at me and he's like, you know, I mean, that's, that's nice of you to do that. He said, but honestly, I heard about the need and uh, I've been hearing about what your church is doing over there. And he said, really? I mean, I, I'm a Christian and I, I love Jesus. And right now in all of Massachusetts, how many opportunities are there to do this? <laughs> in all of Massachusetts, how many opportunities are there to do this? To give of my time and my skill and my efforts to make history, to change this town, this state, this world. He said, I, I don't know how I couldn't do it, he said. And he was sincere, like, why wouldn't I do it? Go there and give him my time. And he, I just felt, and he's so right. What an opportunity to have. We are going to do this. We are going to push hard. We're going to throw the level down. We are going to get in this building. We are going to tell you it's going to happen. I'm telling you now. This isn't even a step of faith. I'm telling you it's going to happen. We have gotten close enough that we are going to do this. Huh? Don't let up. Right? Belichick never lets up. Right? People can't stand him. They insult him. His thing is we play every second of every game. Right? We never let up. Okay? Jesus says you're his special possession. You're a royal priesthood. Don't let up. Keep going now. You got the pledge card. We talked about praying. We talked about serving. We talked about serving February 11th. Now I want to talk to you about giving. We call it collective generosity. To date, I think you've given $38,458.50, all right? <laughs> Thank you for the 50 cents. It's huge. You're knocking on a door $40,000 all the time while giving to take care of everything else. We're carrying a lot and we're doing it admirably, properly. We're being good stewards. We're requesting for money in a proper way. Use it giving generously. We're doing this together. But don't keep yourself out of this. This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to what? To love God, to serve God, to believe that God. Listen, who brought us this building? Without question, it's God. We've mapped it out. We can put it. God brought us this building. Who brought us to be the culture and the people we are? God. That, he, that when we obeyed him by serving, we got right into that conduit of blessing and we got the building. Yes? So now give. Give generously. That card, you fill it out. You can give today. One lump sum, or you can pledge to give an amount over the next several months, year. But don't leave yourself out of this opportunity to be part of collective generosity. If not you, who? If not now, one. Today is the time to make history. You know, I think I am finished. I've gone very long. You've been very patient. I'm very passionate about this. I want you to join me in running to the battle and changing this community and changing this state and changing this world, but really changing this community, showing this community something they have never seen before and seeing lives change. So we're going to show the video when the video is open and it's going to just encourage you to serve. It's going to be our last closing. This series is the closing of this series to encourage you to serve, to take that card. When that video is over, I want you to take the card and go to the table. Hear my heart. Most of all, hear God's word. You are a royal priesthood. God bless you.